talk about how to build a handbag collection. I have a lot of experience with this as design director for large fashion brands. And I had a system, I still have a system in place that I use. Um, although, you know, I don't use it so much for my own business because my, my, my business, I sell direct to consumer. And so I'm not, I don't sell my handbags direct, or I don't sell to department stores. So I'm not working a year in advance. So I can, I can operate a lot faster because I'm a lot smaller. But I'm going to explain and break down how it works when you are um, building a collection um, for a department store or a big box store. And number one, you're always working one year in advance. And the reason for that is when you're working with a big box store, you're usually producing hundreds of, of uh, different products. You're manufacturing hundreds of different products. Um, it's usually hundreds per color per style. Um, it's very large and the buyer will produce or will purchase, you know, a couple million dollars purchase order. So, you know, when I explain this, it's, this is how you pitch and build according to big box stores. So, Okay, number one, you know, you always start with the previous um, sales. You, know, you go over, you know, what has sold from the previous market, what has sold, not only just sold to the, the department store, but what is sold through. You know, what are your top sellers to the consumer? You really want to take note of that because I highly recommend, you know, the best sellers, you want to keep you want to keep reintroducing them. You want to keep, you know, the, you, those are your cash cows and those best sellers become your iconic pieces. You know, you can reintroduce them, you know, every market, you can recolor them in new colors. Um, you can refabricate them in different materials, but they become iconic silhouettes to the consumer. So, you know, they don't have to look at, you know, the consumer, once they see these iconic shapes, they don't need to see the name on the, the bag. They will see the shape and think, oh, that's, you know, that's Louis Vuitton or that's Coach, or just by looking at the shape of the bag. And that's really important. And when someone can recognize the shape of the bag, like an Hermes, Kelly bag, you know, that's, that's truly an iconic bag. The bag is the icon, not the logo. The shape, the construction is iconic. So pay attention to those best sellers because you want to keep reintroducing them. This is my personal opinion. And that's what I used to do when I worked for, you know, large you know, $500 million fashion brands as, as the design director, I would reintroduce these and I would, you know, refabricate them and they became iconic shapes. Okay. Next, you want to map out your colors. What are, we would choose five colors. 
what are the five colors that you are going to launch in this collection and it's based on trends and it's based on research they can be pantone colors um, it can be based on color trends but but you don't want them to be like frivolous like you know pantone color of the year you want to make sure that these colors are going to sell through because not all pantone colors are going to sell through as a as a beautiful handbag color um, I remember when I worked for Kenneth Cole, we used to manufacture a lot of bags for Target Corporation. And I was managing an $8 million business. We would take some of our Kenneth Cole shapes, refabricate them, and sell them to Target Corporation. And it was a great business. And, you know, one of the top selling colors that we used to sell through Target was apple color, apple green. And it was not a trending color. It was not a, you know, necessarily a Pantone color. It was just a color that we discovered that just sold really well through Target. I don't know why. It just did. Apple green. And so, you know, through trial and error, you know, you, you can explore new colors, but we always had, like, you know, our first two colors that we would pick out were always like our neutrals, like black and brown were always our top sellers. So we'd always have black and brown. It could be either or or both. And then we had two other neutrals. Usually it would be like a gray or a beige, sometimes a white, but not that often, or red or a navy sometimes a green or sometimes like a taupe or a um, cognac like a terracotta cognac shade um, and then the fifth color was always like a trendy color like sometimes we would choose like what is the Pantone of the year color could be like an emerald color but you want to make sure that that's, that makes sense for handbags because not all Pantone colors make sense. So you, got, you want five colors. So map out those colors. You have to think strategically. And then once you land on those colors, you send, whether it's a Pantone number or actual swatches, we would, we would do both. We would send swatches and Pantone numbers to the factory whether it's in China or wherever, whatever factory you're using, so that they can start dyeing up fabric or they can start dyeing up leather, but they needed to start dyeing up materials. Um, we always, you know, kind of stuck with, you know, consistent leathers. Sometimes we would introduce new fabrics, whether it's a canvas or nylon. Um, we had we'd map out what our fabrics were around the same time. But the fabric has to dye those piece goods. They have to dye it up, um, especially for sampling. You know, first is sampling. And then for production, they dye up the, the material for the actual production or for the order. But for sampling, they have, to, they have to dye up the piece goods. Next, you know, you wanna start researching what's in the marketplace. What, what's in store now? And we would shop some of the high-end stores. We'd also research like what's going on in Target 
and what's going on in the lower end mass market stores, but we'd really focus on street trends, street trend reports, um, but also, um, you know, WGSN, um, just different types of trend companies, but we would also spend a lot of time just going into high-end stores in Manhattan or in different countries. We'd shop in Hong Kong, we'd shop in Paris, we'd shop in in Italy, um, and we'd either buy samples or take pictures. We would also get kicked out of the stores. Um, But, you know, taking pictures of, you know, of, we call it inspiration silhouettes that we liked um, we would also go into Bergdorf Goodman Henry Bendel when Henry Bendel this is before Victoria's Secret the L brands took over Henry Bendel but we would go to like high-end boutiques and high-end stores and just shop for inspiration what do we you know what is inspiring to us you know what do we want you know this new collection to look like and we would build out what is called a merch plan or a merchandise plan and the merchandise plan maps out how many collections we're launching and within that collection how many styles and how many colors and that's our roadmap the merchandise plan was our roadmap for that season and then there were no surprises. You know, sales got a copy of the merch plan. Um, we didn't give a copy to marketing, but you could. But our, our merch plan is, is, well, it was the roadmap for everyone to follow. Like, this is the plan. We're all agreeing on it. And this is how many silhouettes we're launching. This is how many silhouettes we are sampling up this is how many silhouettes when I say silhouettes I'm talking about handbag shapes that's a silhouette and you know we would usually have three to four silhouettes sometimes five within each collection so for example collection number one we'll just call it spring blossom and we we would name each collection so the spring blossom collection I'm just making up this name we could have four silhouettes that we're adding into this collection and we want to round out the collection you know we may want to have a tote in that collection a satchel in that collection a crossbody and we also might want a hobo. Those are four different silhouettes. And all of these bodies look very similar to each other. So they look, you know, they're, they're part of the same style. It's part of the, it's, they're like, they're part of the same family. They're like siblings of each other. The toad is a little bit larger, the crossbody's a little bit smaller, but they all look similar to each other. Um, and that's all part of the branding, th- thinking through the branding. You wanna make sure that you have cohesiveness uh, from styling and colors, materials. Um, there are so many businesses out there that 
every collection looks totally different, nothing really goes together, and it's very, very confusing for the consumer. And not very many companies do this very well. And this is very important from a branding standpoint and from an image standpoint. So really think through these collections. And, you know, once you start thinking about how many collections you want, how many bodies you want, you know, everyone agrees on this merchandise plan and it's all in this Excel spreadsheet. You know, you're also thinking about price points. You know, what are, you know, what are the price point goals that you want to achieve? You know, what are the retail price points? You know, what are the um, wholesale costs for these bags? And then what are the factory prices? That's all very important. You know, a nylon bag is not going to be the same price as a leather bag. The material, or we call it piece goods, the piece goods could be nylon, could be leather. You want to make sure that, you know, the pricing is, is fair to the consumer. A leather bag, an all-over leather bag, is going to be a, a, more expensive than a nylon bag. Nylon is relatively inexpensive. You know, so that's something to think about too. You want to make sure that you have all of your pricing lined up and it makes sense. But that all goes on your merchandise plan. And that's your roadmap. That's your roadmap for the whole entire um, quarter. That's for your whole, you know, the, the, when you launch for Fashion Week or Market Week, Everything that's on your, your merchandise plan will be launching at Fashion Week or Market Week. So if you produce 100 bags, if, if you are putting 100 bags on your merchandise plan, then come Fashion Week, and Fashion Week is four times a year, every, once every quarter, that's also Market Week, it's the same time, you will be launching 100 bags. So everything lines up. And so once you finish your merchandise plan, you know, sometimes people, in, they also work in conjunction. They, sometimes companies do a competitive analysis at the same time. And a competitive analysis is where you basically shop different stores. You may shop Macy's or Bloomingdale's or, you know, different department stores. And you do a competitive analysis and what other brands have and what they're producing and what their price points are. And you may create a chart. You know, this brand has this silhouette and this hobo and this crossbody and these are the colors that are in store right now and these are the price points. That's just called a competitive analysis. You're just looking at the competition. And you're studying the competition because you want to make sure that, you know, you want, you're keeping an eye on what the competition is doing from your standpoint. You're just keeping an eye, eye on what they're doing. And after you do, you know, not everyone does a competitive analysis every single market. Um, 
sometimes you do it once a year, sometimes you do it once a quarter, sometimes you do it, you know, it all depends. Every company is a little bit different. Um, and then you start basically sketching. You start sketching up these new designs. And most handbag designers work in Illustrator. You start sketching up um, what these bags look like. You sketch in Illustrator and um, some designers hand sketch, but the, the, I found that the, the people that hand sketch, they um, don't, they kind of get laid off eventually. Um, and then they find they have a hard time finding work because the hand sketchers, if they have to redraw something, they have to redraw the whole bag. And when you draw an illustrator, you're just copying and pasting and you're editing the illustration. So it's, it's much easier and more efficient um, to draw, although it takes longer to draw an illustrator. And, for, and some, some people use Photoshop too. And then you can create your textile prints. If you have any textile prints, you can create those and you can add color a lot easier and faster in Illustrator as well. And you basically just start sketching up the bags. Um, and you add your logos on the bags. And we would break out each collection on a sheet. So like Spring Bloom, that's a name that I made up. The spring bloom and those four bags would be on one sheet so you could see this is one collection and then this is your second collection this is your third collection and so then you can see every collection separately built out and we would put everything up on a wall so you could see everything visually which was very helpful and as we were designing a bag then the next step after you sketch the bag, you would then spec it out. You would do specifications on a, it's called either a tech pack or a development sheet. And a tech pack or a development sheet is where you specify the material, you specify the dimensions, you spe specify the hardware, the logo, um, the lining, what leather you're using, etc and what factory, um, that's where you put all the technical details on your tech, tech pack or um, development sheet. And then once you finish that, you start sending those to the factory. And one by one, you ask them to make a sample for you. And then usually within seven to 10 days, you will start getting a sample of these bags. And you usually make revisions. Once the sample comes in, you study it. You sometimes you do like a wear test to, to see how the bag looks, to see how it fits, you know, on the body. Um, and you make tweaks. Maybe the strap is too short. Maybe you know the the gusset needs to be a little bit wider. You know, maybe the material. You know, maybe. Maybe you don't like the leather. Maybe you want to choose a different leather. And so this is where you make the revisions. And usually you do one to two rounds of revisions on these bags. And you go through this 
process of week after week, you send, continue to send tech packs or development sheets to the factory and have them make samples week after week. And then right before market week, you set up the showroom with all these new samples. So a week before market week, your showrooms should be all set up with every single, you know, whether it's a hundred bags that was on your merchandise sheet, but every single item that you specified on your merchandise sheet should be in the showroom. And every single color out of the five colors that you specified should be represented in the showroom. And the showroom should look beautiful. It should be all set up, all staged, all silhouettes should be represented represented, and every um, style, every color, every piece good. And you should have pricing from the factory so that when the buyer comes in to walk the showroom, I used to call it walking the line and I used to joke that it's like the song by Johnny Cash, you're walking the line. Um, but the buyers would come in during fashion week and they would walk the collection. They would look, they would sit down, you know, there were appointments scheduled during that week. They would sit down, they would review the collection. They would get pricing, retail pricing, wholesale pricing, and they would place their order. Or maybe sometimes they would want to think about it and they would take the design, like our um, pricing sheet with them and they'd get back to us within like a week and we would place the orders at the factory. And then once the order, the per, once we got the purchase order, then the goods would be shipped when they needed to be shipped and everything would, and then the goods would be delivered um, to the stores and then the cycle repeats itself. That's basically how it works in a nutshell. But here's the problem. When you're working with big box stores, like I will say Macy's as an example, Macy's can place a $2 million order for handbags. But the problem with Macy's is if your handbags don't sell through, meaning Macy's will place the order, the handbags will be in the stores, and say, 80% of the inventory sold out, but you have 20% left. 20% of the handbags that Macy's purchased from you did not sell. What happens is Macy's will charge you back for those goods. And Macy's will mark down, they will put those handbags on sale, they will mark them down and that's the tough part about doing business with these big box stores is they will charge you back for the products that didn't sell and they put it they they sell the goods they put the goods on sale and they keep the money so you lose money on the goods that that don't sell through and that's really really hard when you're a small business so that's something to think about it's really really hard when you're a big business too it can put companies out of business when your goods don't sell through. 
That's why marketing and branding is so, so important. So that's something to think about. Um, but that's basically building your collection. In a nutshell, um, it takes time, it takes energy, it costs money. Um, but that's, that's basically how you build a collection. The merchandise plan is very important. The pricing is very important. You know, cal- calculating the margins is very important. Um, if you if you are using two, and this is the other thing to think about, if your materials, like the leather you choose or the, the nylon that you choose, if your materials are too expensive and that increases the retail price of your product, that's a problem. You have to make sure that the piece goods that you select provide you with affordable retail prices. For example, if, if, if your sweet spot, if, if a lot of people purchase a handbag at the price point of $250, and $250 is the price point that most women buy a handbag at, but then you chose this leather that is so beautiful and it's, it's double the cost, that's going to jack up the retail price of, of a collection to be $350. And then if you launch a $350 collection in Macy's and it doesn't sell through, you're going to get charged back. They will mark that collection down and you'll lose money. So that's just something to think about. Make sure that your price point of your piece goods and your hardware are in alignment. Because that's where a lot of businesses will go wrong. You know, they want quality, but sometimes that's fine. But it's like putting a Ferrari engine in a, you know... A Chevette and then expecting the car to retail for $10,000 but it's really retailing for $50,000 and the customer can only afford you know $12,000 that that doesn't add up that's a huge mistake so you have to make sure that you really calculate out your cost so that's it That's how to build a collection. Good luck.